Welcome to Abiding Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget... You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently airing a series on the Holy Spirit titled, The Missing Person. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Tonight we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You know, we're talking about the missing person, biblical search for the third person of the Trinity. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, Paul starts out with, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Hmm. I went to get my teeth cleaned the other day. You know, I'm a talker. I like to talk. I like to share stories. I like to talk to people. But when you're in the dentist office, you're kind of hot. Right? And so they talk. And it was, it was interesting because the dental hygienist was kind of talking to me about my teeth. And she showed me how to brush my teeth. I'd never even seen anything like that in my life. I was like, eye-opening. I mean, nobody's ever shown me to brush my teeth like that. I'm, I'm a changed man. But anyway, she's telling me about this experience that she had at a chiropractor's office. She said she was at a chiropractor's office, and the chiropractor, she said in her words, started to lecture her. And he said, do you take vitamins? And she said, no. And he's like, well. And he just started to lecture her about vitamins. And she says, excuse me, do you brush your teeth? He says, yes. And she said, what type of toothbrush do you use? He's like, I don't know. I mean, just whatever. You mean you don't scrutinize and find the best toothbrush and the one that's going to really give you good hygiene? Because your hygiene is linked to all of your health. And, and she just started lecturing him. And he's like, oh, I see your point. You know? She's like, I don't know what vitamins to take. If somebody could guide me, then maybe I'd take the right vitamins. And, 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 or if somebody could tell me which toothbrush I'm supposed to be using, which obviously I was using the wrong one. She let me know that. But, you know, it's funny because I think she told me this because I told her I was a pastor and she didn't want to be lectured about Jesus. So she says, you start talking about Jesus, I'm going to start talking about your dental hygiene. Which she did anyway. But, but that's the problem, isn't it? You know, concerning spiritual gifts. Brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant, Paul would tell us in chapter 12. And now he starts to give us some practical things that we need to understand when it comes to the gift of the Holy Spirit. How do you use them? That's the problem. I didn't know how to use my toothbrush. She didn't know how to use vitamins. And everybody has something in their life they don't know how to use, and maybe we don't know how to use the spiritual gifts. And so Paul, so graciously and so lovingly, when he talks about this to the Corinthians, he says, here's kind of the, the layout. Again, don't be ignorant of spiritual gifts, brethren. But then he says the first thing, and the, the supreme thing, which he covered in chapter 13, is to pursue love. So the first rule in using spiritual gifts, the first item agenda is first to pursue love. Until we've pursued love, we have no need for the gifts. Until you've pursued love, until it's love that motivates your actions and the things that you're doing, there's really no need for spiritual gifts in your life because they just get abused if you're not pursuing love first. So pursue love first. And 
and desire spiritual gifts. You should want those in your life. You know, I mean, who would want to go through life without the power, without the vitality, without the health of the Holy Spirit running through their Christian life? And so that's what he's telling us. Pursue love first and foremost, and then desire spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. Now, it would seem as we go through this chapter that Paul kind of uses prophecy as a generic kind of as he talks about words of knowledge words of wisdom and prophecy whether predictive or didactic meaning telling the future what God has in store for you in the future or teaching instructing you exhortation type of prophecy so when he uses this he uses it kind of as a as a blanket when it comes to prophecy and then he contrasts that with what would seem to be the Corinthians' favorite gifts, and probably most charismatic or Pentecostals' church favorite gift, which is the gift of what? Tongues, tongues yeah. Everybody's got to speak in tongues. Everybody has to speak in tongues, which, you know, really, he kind of diminishes that a little bit, but not to the point of making it unnecessary. So in verse 2, he says, For he who speaks in tongues, contrasting it with prophecy, does not speak to men, but to God, For no one understands him, however, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. So a person speaking in a tongue is not giving a message to men, but he's praying and glorifying God. Now this is so important that we understand this, because you can be in a a meeting, and if somebody speaks in tongues, the Spirit's moving within that meeting, maybe somebody comes out with a, you know, the Lord showed me, or thus saith the Lord, or something like that. And that would maybe very well be a prophecy, but we know because of what Paul tells us here that that is not the interpretation of the tongue. And so when somebody speaks out a message to men, what did it just say there? He who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to who? To God. And so tongues is actually a prayer. When you see that in Acts chapter 2, remember? The Spirit pours out on the early church. They're in the upper room. Tongues of fire come down on their heads. They walk out into the city. They begin to speak in glossialia languages. And the people from Media and Persia, Mesopotamia, parts of Egypt and Cyrene, all these different places, they come and they're hearing them magnifying the glorious works of God in their own language. They were hearing them praising God, magnifying God. God, you're so wonderful in all these different languages. But then when it came to time for the message to start, Peter, remember, says, these men are not drunk as you suppose. And he speaks to them in the known common language and preaches the gospel to them in that language, not in tongues. I mean, how easy would it have been for them to all speak in tongues, preaching the gospel to all these different people? Now, I'm not saying that that's not possible. I'm not saying that God couldn't give you understanding of a language instantly. I've heard of this happening where people are on the mission field and they didn't speak a language and they prayed and earnestly asked for God to give them a supernatural gift to be able to speak that language. That technically is more of a miracle than it is the gift of tongues because the gift of tongues is something that's only to God. It is the Holy Spirit speaking in another language on your behalf, praying to the Father praying to the Son. And so it's, it's kind of a different thing. 
it's interesting, when the gift of tongues is used within a group of people, and then somebody interprets that tongue, it's very refreshing to the group. And he's going to get into that. I could only describe it as, it's like drinking a cool glass of water on a hot day when you've been parched by the sun and you hear somebody speak in tongues and then there's an interpretation of the tongue. It's at that moment that everybody in the group is edified. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. It's not real common because most people exercise the gift of tongues out of order. Nobody ever hears an interpretation. But I've been in a group where people have had the gift of interpretation and it is a beautiful thing. However, I will say this, when somebody speaks in a tongue, they themselves receive that same refreshment where nobody else in the room would. Now, some people might think it's cool, but that's not the same thing, right? Other people might think it's weird. Other people might think you're a nutcase, you know, but it's not the same thing. But the person who's speaking is edified. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. No one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Notice, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. When we speak a word of prophecy, we're speaking to men. And that word by the Spirit of God is going to do one of three things. It's going to edify, exhort, or comfort, or said another way, it's going to build up, stir up, or console. Edify, exhort, and comfort. That's what prophecy will do to somebody. Now, I've been the recipient of that before. I don't know if you've ever had somebody speak. The Lord told me to tell you this, you know, and they speak over you, and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, you know, like God loves me. It's like, oh, I know what to do, or I know where to go. I I remember reading the biography of Dallas Willard, and he was just kind of frustrated and confused and like, where do I do? Where do I go with my ministry? Because he'd gone to Bible college, he'd gone to school and he'd become a philosopher, you know, he loved philosophy. And so he studied philosophy and he really had a heart for ministry. And so he was just praying about it and, and talking to his wife about it. And he sat down at the table with a friend one time and he said, I just don't know what to do. Should I go to the university and become a professor? Should I go to the church and become a pastor? Of course, pastor's the, the way to go, right? I mean, it's just the, that, that's the ministry where the school, the university, you know, that's academic. And his friend said, that's easy. And he was like, what? You know, what do you mean that's easy? And he says, if you go to the university, the church will be open to you. But if you go to the church, the university will be closed to you. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.